Welcome to the St. Michael Fall Podcast Series. My name is Mary Lessman, and I'll be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is God is doing a new thing. Following our 75th anniversary celebration, St. Michael is refreshed and renewed for a bright future. Now God is calling us to make new commitments in our faith and in our community. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city, who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Here ends the reading. I had the good fortune to join our St. Michael group on pilgrimage this summer to Oberammergau, Germany, to watch the Passion Play. The Passion Play was so much more impressive than I had imagined it would be. There was a huge, accomplished choir that sang between acts. The actors were wonderful, hitting their marks and embodying their roles. The sound system and stage setup was impressive, not a dropped word in the roughly five-hour production. And the storytelling was imaginative while remaining true to the biblical accounts. One of the faithful additions in the production were several passionate arguments between Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus on one side and Caiaphas and Annas on the other. Joseph and Nicodemus represent those Pharisees who wanted to give Jesus a chance. They found something attractive and new about the way Jesus was teaching and healing, and they were open to believing Jesus was from God. Caiaphas and Annas, on the other hand, represent old guard Jewish leadership. 
Caiaphas was high priest, and Annas, his father-in-law, previously served as high priest. They were well aware of the narrow lane that was Jewish life under Roman occupation. They felt the weight of protecting the fragile truce that allowed Jews to live with some level of religious freedom. To them, Jesus was a serious threat who might bring the whole Jewish structure down. Watching these enacted debates gave me a new appreciation of the nuance of the situation among the Pharisees. Our gospel passage for today is set at the home of Simon the Pharisee. We don't know if Simon is curious and open to Jesus as Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, or if he saw Jesus as a threat and was looking to find proof of his dangerous intentions. Perhaps at this point, Simon doesn't even know where he stands. But he has invited Jesus to dinner at his home, and Jesus has accepted. I don't think any of us can blame Simon for his reaction to this woman coming into his home uninvited and tending to Jesus in very intimate, potentially erotic ways. Chances are very good you are more laid back than me. But when I've invited a guest to dinner, I've planned the food and the table setting and the music and even thought about things we might discuss. It would be extremely disconcerting, to say the least, to have someone crash my dinner and take over the focus of the evening. I don't think Jesus' issue with Simon has to do with Simon's discomfort at his loss of control of the evening. I'm hoping Jesus would give any of us grace around that. No, I think his frustration has to do with Simon's thoughts about this particular woman. If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus speaks for the first time, addressing Simon with a parable about forgiveness. Simon nails the answer and is given a gold star by Jesus. But Jesus doesn't just want Simon to have the right answer. He wants the truth of this lesson to set up shop within Simon, convicting him of his own sinfulness and softening his heart toward the sins of others. Simon is playing by the rules as the law has laid them out. But Jesus shows us that God's not really interested in the rules as such. He's interested in our hearts. He's interested in transforming our lives. He wants us to know that He loves and accepts each of us in spite of our sin, whether we see them as big sins or little sins. The law encourages us to judge one another, to position ourselves in the line of God's people where the folks in front of us are the ones whose moral lives we aspire to, and the folks behind us clearly aren't as godly as we are. Jesus says, it's time to end the comparison game. No one is worthy of God's gracious love and care. No one earns it. It is a gift to all, the barely sinful and the blatantly sinful. Stop comparing yourselves to one another. Look only to your relationship with God and give thanks. When we focus on the forgiveness that God has shown us over and over again, God redirects us such that we are able to extend grace to others instead of making judging comparisons.
Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. 